0: Go with me in the scriptures to the book of John again in the uh, 16th chapter we'll start. Well, let's back up to chapter 14. We've been reading this too, so let's don't leave it out. John 14, 26, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Ghost is an old English word for spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Said out loud, the Holy Spirit. Shall teach me all things. things. He said and he'll bring all things to your remembrance. Whatever I have said to you. Say it out loud. And. And He brings all things. things To my remembrance. remembrance, Whatever the Lord has said to me. me. That sounds like good help doesn't it? Down in the 16th chapter. In verse 13. Says how be it when he the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you. Into all the truth. Said out loud, He guides me. The Holy Spirit guides me into all the truth. He went on to say, For He shall not speak of Himself, whatever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. Said out loud, The Holy Spirit shows me things to come. Is all this true? We're reading it straight out of the New Testament. Is it true? Is it true with you? Now see, if you want to persist in being fleshy and carnal and walking by faith and say, well, I don't see anything. I don't know anything. I never get anything. Well, your words are stout against the Lord. Don't disagree with him. Agree with him. He said, The Spirit of God is guiding you and leading you into all the truth and bringing things to your remembrance and showing you things to come. Is he right or is he wrong? You agree with him or disagree with him? You're in agreement with him. He'll show you things to come. He'll glorify me for he'll receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Go over to Romans the 8th chapter. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and 14 it says, "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can people of God be led by the Spirit of God? Can you be led by other things? What else can you be led by? You can be led by your head, head led. (laughs) You can be led by your reasoning, by your intellect, by your logic. You can be led by statistics. You can be led by needs. You can be led by desires. You can be led by pressures, pressure led, price led, right, problem led. We can be led by depression. Didn't go to work. Why didn't you go to work? Hmm? Is that being spirit led? No. no. That's being mullygrub led. The down and outs. Being led by your feelings. Be, you can be led by your emotions. You can be led by your anger. Did the Spirit of God lead you to slap them real hard and tell them where to get off? Huh? Did the Holy Ghost lead you? Uh-uh. That was something else leading you. What's leading you? Children of God should be led. How? By the the spirit of God. Is he real? Yes. Can he lead you? Yes. Can you follow him? Yes. You can be. It's not as mystical and hard to find as people think it is. Uh, keep reading verse 15. He said, uh, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, we're going to see this again, but the spirit who leads us is not a spirit of fear. You're going to see this come up numerous times. Verse 16, the spirit itself, or actually himself, is a better translation. If you look up the word, autos is the word. It means his own self. Numerous times in the same King James Bible, it's translated his own self. Same word. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What part of your being does he communicate with? Spirit. Not your head, not your intellect, not your, not your physical, not your emotional feelings. Your spirit. We've talked about this. It's an inner witness and inner knowing and witness and we are to be led by him by the witness of the spirit in our spirit you are a spirit the holy spirit lives in you if you're born again and you can and should be led by the spirit said out loud i am i am spirit led spirit led day and night he guides, he guides me. He teaches, me. He, teaches me. He me. he reminds me. He shows me things to come. Things to come. I, am. I am a spirit-led, a spirit-led. Child, of child of God. Now, you got to make up your mind that you're not going to let these other things lead you. You can be a carnal Christian and have, sometimes people have said, well, you know, God never speaks to me. That's not true. You're just not listening. You're not paying attention. God is always trying to communicate, even to the unbeliever. He wants to draw them to himself, doesn't he? He wants them to come in, be saved, get free of their sin and their junk, and and to the child of God. He wants us to to follow him and find and follow his plan for our life, everything good that he's prepared for us. He is speaking. Do you believe it? He is speaking. There's nothing wrong with the transmission. The problem is on the receiving end. It's not, and it's not just ignorance that's the problem. It's ignoring. Ignoring. He is speaking, but folks are not paying attention. They're just, well, you can tell this. How many times have you heard somebody say, I knew I shouldn't have done that? Or I knew I should have. I knew I should have called them back. I knew they didn't understand what I said. I knew I shouldn't have gone over there. I knew I shouldn't even brought it up. I knew. Well, here's the big question. If you knew it, why'd you go on and do it <laughs> anyway? Well, see, that's a case not that you didn't have anything. It was there. But you ignored it. And one of the reasons people are children of God are ignoring it. It's because they haven't been taught to pay attention to it. Not even in church. They have a, the, and the reason sometimes when they haven't been taught is because the pastors hadn't been taught. Nobody's told them that they're supposed to pay attention to that. Now it's been in the Bible the whole time. How many think there's a lot of things in there like that? That if we just notice it and start doing it, our life would change. But we can implement this that we're seeing right now. Say it again. I am. A spirit-led child of God. God. We're talking about you're not led by your head, not led by your feelings, not led by what you see and hear, not led by people's opinions. You're led by the witness you get inside. Now, you have to discipline yourself because everybody's got flesh and feelings. And you can be quick to jump and do something because you're moved by one of these external forces pulls and you have to be strong and say no 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 wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute (laughs) what's going on inside lord you are always with me the spirit of god's there to guide me what am i supposed to do on this and get quiet and get still and be willing to go any direction that he shows you don't try to hear voices don't try to see visions learn to pay attention To the witness. Last week we talked about. It seemed good. It seemed good. That's why Luke. Wrote the book of Luke. Because it seemed good. That's how they made decisions. That affected the whole church. That's how ministry teams. Were in place. To be put together. For Holy Ghost assignments. They were following their Seemer. It seemed good. So they did it. And it was God. Could it be that simple? It is. Uh, Go with me over to Colossians, please. Colossians 3 and 15 gives us some insight, some further insight to the witness of the Spirit. Colossians 3 and verse 15 says, And let the peace of God do what? Rule in your hearts. That's an interesting phrase. Rule in your heart. Let what rule in your heart? The peace of God. To the which also you're called in one body. And be thankful. Be thankful. Thankful when it's genuine from the heart. Is a place. Spiritually. It is a, a mode in which you can receive in. A willingness and a thankfulness. Like we've said before, you, you can pick up the plan on the willing band. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts and be thankful. The, the NET says, let the peace of Christ be in control in your heart. The Amplified says, well, let me read this verse. The complete Jewish Bible says, Let the shalom which comes from the Messiah be your heart's decision maker. That's good and clear, isn't it? For this is why you're called to be a part of a single body and be thankful. thankful. What's the action we should take? How many know when we hear verses like this, we shouldn't think. Oh, that's good. Next. No, we were told to do something here, weren't we? Are we going to do it or not? We need to decide. What did he say? Let this peace rule in your heart. Let it be your heart's decision maker and be thankful. Said out loud, I'm going to. Let the peace peace rule in my heart heart. and I will be thankful. thankful. Do you think that would benefit us? If we'd say, that's what the Lord said to do, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Just start doing it. And not just on the weekend. Right? But as a way of life. So when when you got a decision to make, do I go or don't go? Do I get involved with them in that or do I not? Do I uh, go into this business venture? Do I invest in that or not? Am I part of this church or not? Do I marry them or not? How do you decide? How do you decide? You can be head-led, feeling-led, money-led, need-led, committee-led... Mama led, can't you? Sister led, friend led, business led, age led, all kinds of things. But you already told me you're not. You are a spirit led child of God. Is that true or not? I want to hear it from everybody now. Say it out loud I am. A A spirit-led child of God. God. Well, now that means there's a lot of stuff you're not led by. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's what we're getting into now. Being spirit-led, you'll find that God's leadings involve his peace. God is called the God of peace. The gospel is called the gospel of peace. You'll find peace over and over and over again. Mentioned with God in all of his things. And it is something that you cannot find in the world. The Bible said there is no peace to the wicked. The devil has no peace. And anything that he's causing and stirring up, there's no peace in it. The Bible said God's not in confusion. There's no peace in confusion. What's the opposite of peace? You'll find a lot of the words that people just said will connect to this word fear. If you're not, what's the opposite of being in peace? You so say worried, upset, anxious. Well, all that's being in fear. And if you are led by peace, you are not led by fear. God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Is that true? Put it up on the screen for us, 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, we just got through reading in Romans the same thing. The spirit we received is not the spirit of fear. Again to bondage. So here he says it again in 2 Timothy 1. God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Why am I to keep saying this? If it's fear. It ain't God. That's right. If it's fear. Trying to pressure you. And push you. And scare you. Into making a rash. Hasty decision. You need to resist it with everything that's within you. And go no nah, this ain't God. This is not God. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. He's not leading me through fear. I'm going to let the peace of God be the decision maker in my heart. I'm going to let this peace rule in my heart. Can you say amen? amen? The NCV, the new century says God did not give us a spirit that makes us afraid. Did he? God's Word, translation says, God didn't give us a cowardly spirit, but a spirit of power, love, and good judgment. Thank you, How many think if you wait on the Lord, if you let the peace decide, that's a route to come out in good judgment? Amen. But if you act hastily on fear and pressure, would that be where you'd wind up and you look back and it was bad judgment? There are people who should still be with us on the earth who are not here tonight because they made a rash, hasty decision in fear and made a bad situation much worse. You'll see as we go through this tonight that one of the worst things you could do is to be led by fear. An act of fear actually opens the door to the destroyer. How about an act of faith? And faith without action is dead. But if somebody acts in real heart faith, like the man stretched forth his hand, like the woman pressed through the crowd that had the uh, issue of blood, when somebody acts in faith, what is at the other end of that? Miracle, working power. God's power. God has a right To move and manifest and act when people act in faith. Well, did you know when you act in fear, something else happens? When you believe, and both of them have to do with believing something. Fear is believing something bad. Faith is believing something good. If you're scared enough and you're in fear enough that you will act boldly on that fear It gives the enemy a right to manifest destroying power in your life. And so from the time we come into this earth, the Spirit of God is endeavoring to get faith in us. Did you know it? Influences around us, endeavoring to get faith in us, faith in us, faith in us. Also, the enemy is trying to get fear in you. From the time you're a child, you know, there's folks that, uh, man, they're 50 years old, but they still got a fear in them. They got when they were five years old. And it ought not be. I said it ought not be. Yeah. And if you want to stay out of trouble, you never, ever follow a fear. Said out loud, I am not led by fear. Not led by fear. The, peace of God the peace of God leads me. Leads me. It's the umpire. It is now, the reason I say that, that's what the Amplified brings out. Put that up on the screen, Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace from Christ rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state in which as Members of Christ, one body. You're called to live and be thankful. Giving praise to God always. Is this peace supposed to be significant to us? It is. Now Jesus said this. I want us to notice it. In uh, John. They can put it up on the screen for us. John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Jesus made this statement. He said peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And if you say, well, I try not to be afraid, I can't help it. That's not true. He said, I just gave you my peace. That's how you can do it. But it's a choice of what you yield to. And fears very real. The feelings, the thoughts, they can assault your mind and your soul. And you got to be strong not to yield to it. And if it comes against you a hundred times in a day, do you know what you got to do? Resist, Resist it a hundred times in a day and say, I am not yielding to this fear. And I'm certainly not going to make rash decisions because I'm scared. Now, friend, I, I hope you're awake because life and death, victory or failure, are made in situations. Something happens. And the fear and panic can just hit you. And you'll be tempted to go a wrong way. And the pressure is, you got to do something. you got to do something. you got to do something. And if you act on fear, the next thing that happens can be death and destruction. Or if you can control yourself and say, no, 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 wait, just calm down. Calm down. This is not the end of the world. God's still on the throne. You got to decide. You got to say, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm not doing anything till I've heard from him, till I get it from him. Where's the peace? Where's the peace? When I think about doing this, do I have any peace? When I think about doing that, do I have any, where's the peace? That's what's deciding. Is that what the scripture say? That's what's the umpire. Safe or out? Go or don't? Huh? Do it or not? Who's calling it? God's peace is calling it. Not other people's pressure. Not needs. Not demands. Not cost. Now, I'm not saying this is easy all the time because you can be assaulted with feelings and thoughts of fear, can't you? You ever been there? But what the scriptures say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, though I walk through the darkest, roughest, baddest place, what am I not going to do? I will fear. What I'm not going to do is be afraid. Because that makes me subject to bondage. If I yield to and act on this fear, it can actually open the door to the devil in my life. Just like God acts on and moves on people who act in faith. The devil acts and moves when people act in fear. Spiritual forces are involved and at work. Say it again, I am not led by fear. I am am am. a spirit-led, peace-led child of God. God. Is that true? It is. Good. I'll accept your testimony. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Go with me to Genesis. I want us to be thorough so let's start at the front Genesis chapter 3 in the very beginning God created Adam and Eve and he fellowshiped with them personally what a different picture this is than what is taught in so many of our Institutes of learning. Many are showing the first men, human beings, in caves, grunting at each other with no language, just evolved animals. And it's taught as fact. It's not, it's a theory, unproven theory. As such, you know what it really is? A belief. No. The first human beings communed with God on his level. He would come down in the cool of the day and they'd go, it's the Almighty. And they'd go out to meet him. And they'd go, hey God. Maybe they didn't say it exactly like that, but go hey kids and and Eve would say God that is some sunset today wow how did you do that and he would explain it to them in detail and they understood it they named all the animals how many understand it wasn't like this ugh (laughs) Ug Ug. What are we gonna call him? Ugh. <laughs> you just said that the last three times. We can't call all of them Ug. <clears throat> the first man and woman were brilliant. You talk about geniuses? Brilliant. Amazing. Man has not evolved, man has devolved. Man was created in the likeness and image of God. Able to fellowship with God and understand and converse with Him. And man has fallen to the point that some live like animals now, but they never were intended to. And uh, when they did what they knew they shouldn't do, they disobeyed God's command. Genesis 3 9, the Lord God called to Adam and he said, Adam, Where are you? Because they had never hidden from him. They had never run away from him. They didn't have a stitch of clothes on. And they were not self-conscious at all. They had no timidity. They had zero fear. Everybody say zero fear. Zero fear. Zero fear. No discomfort, no uneasiness, none. Now, I don't know if we realize, I'm sure I don't realize fully what we're saying. When the Almighty comes blowing through the trees and you run out to meet him and go, yay, it's the Almighty. How much fear? How much fear? Because there was no sin. And there was no fear. Amen. There was no condemnation. Zero. And what do we see as soon as they sin? He runs. They hide. He said where are you? Verse 10. He said I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid. I was what? I was afraid. Because I was naked. And I hid myself. Is that Was that the right choice? Run from God. Hide hide from God. But that's what he did. Why did he make that choice? He was following fear. He tells you why he did it. Why did he do it? Because he was afraid. Did he do the right thing or the wrong thing? He did the wrong thing. Why did he do it? Because he was afraid. And old friend, you'll see this again and again. When people get scared and they start yielding to the fear... They will make the worst decisions. They will run from the people they should run to. They will break the associations. They will quit jobs they never should quit. They will leave places. They will do all kind of stuff. Bad decision. Bad decision. Bad decision. Going from bad to worse. Why? They are being led, not by the Spirit of God, but by fear. And if fear is leading you, who's really leading you? The destroyer. The destroyer. Look with me in Genesis 18:15. Genesis 18:15. The Lord manifests himself and talks to Abraham his friend and gives him the good news that him and Sarah are about to have that baby they've been wanting for all these years. And Sarah was kind of back in the tent, she heard it, and she laughed. She thought it was funny, not a good laugh, unbelief laugh. And she laughed and thought, what? Old as we are, we're going to have a baby. I am so sure. She said none of this out loud except the laughing part. She laughed out loud. The rest of it she thought and said within herself. And the Lord said to her, why did you laugh? Oh, boy. And here she lied. How do you think it's a bad idea to lie anytime? But lying to the Almighty is just, what future is there in that? Whoever conned him and tricked him. She said, "Uh uh-uh, I didn't laugh. Why did she lie? Why did she lie? Was lying a good choice? No. Was lying a good direction? No. Why did she lie? She Fear. Now you don't have to raise your hand. But a lot of people in here. Have done similar things. The pressure was on. They were scared. They were upset. They told lies. Misrepresented things. And, it, and it's a bad decision. Very bad decision. It went from bad to worse. Sometimes when you think you got by with it and it comes out three years later, then it's really worse. And what made you decide to do it? The fear led you. The fear led you. She lied because she was afraid. You think the Spirit of God would have prompted her to lie? No. Would it prompt you to lie? If you'd have thought, let me check my heart now, do I have peace about telling this big lie? (laughs) Do I have any peace about it? Okay, if I tell the lie and they hear it and they believe it and I deceive them, do I have any peace about no. You kidding me? You don't got any peace about telling a lie? (laughs) Everybody just smile, look straight ahead. Everything's cool. We're fine. First Samuel 15, 24. 1 Samuel 15:24. The Lord, through the prophet Samuel, told Saul what to do on a military campaign, gave him specific instructions, what to do, how to do it, what not to do, and he just changed it all up when he got there, changed it all up. And Samuel said, why did you transgress the commandment? And first of all, he tried to say he didn't. And finally, when Saul held it, he said, well, what about all these livestock out here? You know, told you not to do that. And he said, I have sinned. I've transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared. Why did he do it? I feared the people and obeyed their voice. And he really was over concerned about what they thought because his biggest concern at this point, when he's missed God, he don't know how much trouble he's in with the Lord yet. And his biggest thing was, no, Samuel, will you stay with me? And will you go out front with me, with the people, so that they can see we're together? He said, no, I'm not going with you. You've disobeyed the Lord. And when he started to go, he, uh, Saul grabbed his clothes and wouldn't let him go. Because he was over-concerned about what the people thought and what the, he wanted the people to see him with the man of God. He cared more about that than that he had missed God and, and not done what he told him to do. The proverb says, the fear of man does what? It brings a snare. It brings a snare. When you make decisions because you're afraid of what people might think or what they might do, Or what they might not do. Are you being led by the Spirit anymore? You're being led by fear. Aren't you? And if you're being led by fear. You're going to wind up in a bad place. The the New Century Version of Proverbs 29, 25 says. Being afraid of people can get you into trouble. But if you trust the Lord. You'll be safe. The fear of man brings a snare. Who should you be more concerned about? What you think people might think that's a whole lot of thinking. How do you even know what they really think, and who are they? You need to ask this question you know if you get on TV some and people see you and hear you more, well uh you're subject to more nasty grams, and sometimes people you know say things that are not very nice, and so. Uh, What I've learned to do is, you know, in the past I let some things bug me some. And and then I begin to realize, now hold on, who are they? And what does it matter what they say? I know uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland, him and Miss Glory and their ministry, man, if anybody's been attacked by the media, they have. And he said one time about something they put this big You know, half of it wasn't even true. I know some of the stuff that that folks wrote about us in recent times. It's just made up stuff. You wonder, how do they do that? You know, just make stuff up. Put it in the paper. Put it on the airwaves. Put it on the internet. Just, there it is. But uh, somebody's asking him about this big thing that was in the paper. He said, you know what? That thing will be in the bottom of a birdcage tomorrow. That's where it'll be. What does it really matter? And the people that wrote it. Who are they? And what does it matter what they said? Especially in a few centuries. Did what they say. Make any difference in the kingdom? Did it matter? Did it matter to God? Will anybody remember it? Who are they? What does it mean? And yet. People are so. Over concerned. About what somebody might say. Or what somebody may think. They let it. Affect their decision making. They do things or won't do things. You know some people think. That as a preacher. I ought to drive the oldest car. And wear the cheapest clothes. And live in the tiniest place. For them. For what they might think. Is that going to bless them and help them. Well, what if you find some other group of people that think, no, that ain't small enough. You need to be in something worse, tighter, grungier. Where does it stop? And who do I, I just keep looking to other people go, what do you think I ought to do? What do you think I ought to do? Do I look broke enough now? Huh? No, I still got $5. Okay, sorry. Making your decisions, where you live, what you do, how you live, based on what somebody might think. Or might say the fear of man brings a snare, a trap, and it leads you into destruction. Somebody say, I'm not fear-led. I am am. spirit-led. Skip down to uh, uh, Luke 19. In Luke 19 and 20, Luke 19 and 20, Jesus gave... He tells the parable of the man who gave his servants pounds and talents, if you read different accounts, and what they did. And and, and some of them traded and gained more. You remember the story? And one of them came and said, Lord, here's your pound. I kept it laid up in a napkin. I, I dug a hole and I put it in there. Did he do the right thing? Did he make the right choice? Did he go the right way with this? Why? Verse 21. Why? For I feared you. And this is not a good reverential godly fear. And see, people can be afraid of God because they don't know him. And afraid in a, a worldly, ungodly way. Afraid so I won't do this. I might mess up. Or it might not work. Or I might not know enough. Or I might not be good enough. People might talk. They might say, uh, let me help you with that. No, not might, they will. But you should be willing to endure it, to obey Him. And when you realize how little it matters what some of these folk think and say, it just begins to fade into something that's not significant to you anymore. What if I look dumb? Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> what if they find out? I don't know much. Well, do you? Be honest. Hmm? Why try to act like you know more than you do? What if they find out I I don't have much? What if they find out? If you are keeping that in mind and you're not going, you're not being a part, you're not being involved, what's leading you? What's leading you? I know uh, I had the privilege of working at Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years. But I hadn't been there but just a few months. And I was not a preacher and I had no experience in ministry. And they asked me. About uh, speaking. And they asked me about. Playing and singing. Well now. I could bang on the piano. But I couldn't play. And I could sing. Sort of. A little. And. At one point, I saw they're serious. They want me to start singing and playing, leading music every afternoon in the service on a regular basis. And so I said, sure, I'll be glad to help any way that I can. And they left, and I thought, what did you just do? (laughs) You know you can't really play. You know, I was taking lessons. And this is how I played. Donk, 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 donk crude, rough and uh, I started to immediately call them and say look we've made a mistake here Uh, I I know you maybe didn't know but I I really can't sing or play well enough to do this and I started to do it and the Lord checked me and this is the thought that came up he said you better ask me first well what am I led by I should. How many think we ought to ask Him first on everything? Yeah. That ought to be the—we ought to go to Him first. Now let's analyze this. Me wanting to run, tell them, "No, this is a bad idea. Let's forget this." What's leading me? Fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of what? Well, getting up in front of people and yeah. making a fool out of yourself would be at the top of the list, <laughs> right? And. So I checked with him. And man, I, I just had a real sense in my spirit. I'm supposed to do this. I thought, Lord. For real? <laughs> I'm supposed to do this? And I checked again. And I checked again. And I checked again. And I had no peace about telling them no. None. I'd start to, th- I thought, well, I'm going to call them. Well, I'm going to go tell them. And man, every time I'd start, I had a check. I had no peace about that. And when I think about doing it, I had a peace. But it didn't make sense to my head. So how are you going to have a peace and you can't even sing? But I did it. Every day I'd practice in the practice room. Every day. And I'd the Lord, he's always given me a good ear. So I could hear everywhere I'm missing it. And I'd look out over the crowd And there are people there that can actually play. People that's got amazing voices and people that can really play. And I'm trying to sing and lead music and these thoughts are going through my head. I bet they're thinking, is that the best they could do? Why have they got him up there? But what matters here? Does anybody know? The only thing that matters is did the Lord direct me to do it. Now these people. Brother Hagin and the per- people that were helping him. They said they were impressed to ask me to do it. I should have some respect for that. Shouldn't I? And then I got no peace about doing that. I sh- the only thing that matters here is. Is the Lord leading this? That's the only thing. It's the only thing that should matter. To a committed child of God. Well it wasn't easy. I'll be honest with you. There's many a day. I'm hitting the wrong notes. I'm going to the wrong chords. We're changing keys. You ever heard of a musical train wreck? (laughs) Part of the band changed key and part of the band didn't change key. Part of the folks were singing this and part of the folks. We had a few of those and it was not pretty. What do you got to do? Humble yourself. The Lord will ask you to do things you don't know how to do. He will direct you to do things. You got no experience. You don't think you got any talent or ability to do. During those years, the Lord gave me 200 songs. I don't think I would have got them if I hadn't have been willing to do that. We've been able to record some and do some. Some of them are played in different churches and different places in the country and other countries. And I couldn't play. But you know, the Lord can take a little and do a lot with it. He's not, he's not in need of ability or talent. He can add it. He can give it. What he needs is a willing heart. But you've got to overcome the fear, don't you? You've got to overcome the fear. What will they think? What will the other people think? What will they think about this? What will they think? There's only one person you should care what they think. And that's your Lord. That's your Savior. That's the head of the church. That's your Father God. Can you say amen? Did this man make a wrong choice? Hiding. This thing. He didn't do the right thing. And why did he do the wrong thing? Fear. He was led by fear. Go with me to uh, maybe just one more here. Uh, Galatians. Second chapter. What does the fear of man do? Brings a snare. Brings a trap. What should you follow? What should you let decide the issues in your heart? The peace. The peace of God. That passes understanding, the peace of God. That's God Himself. It's uh, it's different from what you get in your head. You'll have to overcome your head to follow it, because your head will, like the situation I just said, your head will say, "You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do. It. They'll never accept you. They'll they'll laugh you off the stage. They're, you can't do this. You can't do this." If the Lord directs you to do it, He knows what He's doing, doesn't He? And you take one step, and one foot in front of the other, and you will embark on an amazing adventure. And things will happen that you didn't imagine would happen. Good things. Wonderful things. You follow peace, and you'll be following the spirit of peace. You'll be following God. He will lead you beside the still waters. He'll lead you into the lush pastures. He'll lead you into the will of God. You believe it? You follow fear and you'll go into darkness. You'll shut yourself off from the very things you need. You'll cut yourself off from the people that care about you the most. And the help you need the most. You'll enclose yourself and and restrict yourself. and, And you won't step out and you won't try to do it. And you'll never find out what you could be and what you could do. Fear Will choke you and ruin you. And keep you small. Do you believe it? Yeah. So what? Don't follow it. Don't make decisions. Based on being scared. Let that peace. Decide with finality. Galatians 2. Go to this. and This is a real picture. Of how even some very spiritual people. Can mess up. If you let fear lead you. The Bible said in Galatians 2. And I'll read in the NIV. Down about verse 11. Galatians 2.11 NIV. He said when Peter came to Antioch. Paul says. I opposed him to his face. Because he was clearly in the wrong. Now, it might be hard for us to think about it, but Peter was probably better well-known and much more highly regarded than Paul at this point. Paul was a Johnny come lately to the party. Used to persecute the church. He got off to a really bad start. But Peter was the one that preached on the day of Pentecost. Peter's shadow fell on people and they got healed y'all listening? Peter, man, he was known throughout the new, very young new church. But Paul, Paul had some gumption, didn't he? Spirit of God in him. He uh, opposed him to his face. Now, that's the way to oppose somebody, not behind their back. Right? You're going to say something, say it to their face. Hey, of course, you need to be led. Right? Just because you want to say something or something crossed your mind doesn't mean the Spirit of God was leading you. We already talked about other things can be leading you. This was the Spirit of God, though. He opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before, verse 12, certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles. Why? Peter... Did a flip flop? He did an about face. He was there. He's the one that stood up and talked about how that we ought not put a yoke on our Gentile brethren that we nor our fathers were able to bear, and let's don't tell them that they have to keep all the law or they can't be saved. He he was one of the ones that said it. But now, in this place, he drew back. At one time, he'd eat with them, and they're not—you know—the you know the Jews weren't supposed to eat with the Gentiles. But he he said, "Hey, this is a new day. We're all saved. We're brothers. Yeah, bring the beans and bread." And he ate with people. But some other folks came, and probably one day one of them said, "Now you're not you're not going to go over there and eat with them, are you?" And he said, "Uh, uh, no, right, no, we don't do that." He said, no, we don't do that. And he changed. And uh, began to draw back and separate himself. Why did he do it? Why did he do it? Because he was afraid of what the people of the circumcision group, these were Christians. People that had gotten saved, but they're saying, no, you got to keep the whole law or you can't be saved. He was concerned about what they were going to think. Who are we talking about? Peter. Man of God. Preached on the day of Pentecost. Thousands got saved. His shadow falls on people and they get healed. But he's human. And he can be led by something other than the Spirit. This ain't the second day after the day of Pentecost. We're over here in the book of Galatians. A few years have passed. Things have gone on. And Peter changed and separated himself from the Gentiles. Wouldn't eat with them anymore. Why? Why? he made a decision that was wrong because he was afraid of them. Verse 13. Now here's something that's very important. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy. When you make a decision in fear, others can follow you. Can't they? Especially if you're a leader. People are looking to you and people respect what you do. You make a decision based on fear. You're following fear. You may think, well, it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. You look back behind you and hundreds of people just followed you down the wrong road. Thousands of people just followed you down the wrong road. They joined him. Notice this. So that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. And the Bible specifically says what a good man Barnabas was. What a good heart he had and what a good man he was. Here we got Peter, one of the preeminent leaders in the church. We got Barnabas, one of the most loved and and highly esteemed as far as being a spiritual man. And both of them are leading hundreds and thousands off the track. Can you see this? Because of what? Because they were scared about what these other guys would think and say if they saw them having a sandwich with the Gentiles. It'd be talked about back at headquarters. Might lose your papers. Might get caught on the carpet. And we just don't want to rock the boat and we don't want to have any trouble. Well, it's great to be a peacemaker and peace lover But don't be led by fear. Be led by the peace. Right? And thank God Paul was a strong enough Christian. Now I think we have to realize. Man this. It took some courage. For Paul to come in. He's preaching to the Gentiles. The Jews. The Christian Jews are still getting the revelation. That the Gentiles even can be saved. And that they are the same caliber of people with them. There was a whole lot of prejudice. And so, Paul, he is an apostle, but he's a Gentile apostle. He's out there on the road. He goes in all kinds of strange places. These guys are the known ones in the church. And Paul comes in and he says, Peter, in front of everybody, Peter, this ain't right. You know as well as I do, you used to eat with the Gentiles. Didn't you? You know you did. Why'd you change? Now, both of them can't be right. Is it right to eat with the Gentiles or not? Because you've done both. Which one's right? And it's not just Peter. You got his staff. You got Barnabas sitting over there. You got all them guys going, uh oh. We quit eating with them too. Just because a bunch of people changed and started doing something doesn't make it right. Even well known people. Because I don't care who you are, I don't care what you know, I don't care how much you've been used, how long you've walked with God, you can get up tomorrow and yield to a fear. And make decisions based on fear. And if you do, it will take you down a wrong road. It'll open up a path of destruction for the enemy to get to you. And the sad thing about leaders is you can look back and people can be following you down this wrong path that you chose out of fear. He said, verse 13, the other Jews joined in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you are a Jew and yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you're telling Gentiles to follow Jewish customs and you ain't been following them? You've been living like a Gentile, but now you tell them, no, quit living like a Gentile. How many think it was pretty tense in the room that day? <laughs> and it was quiet. No, he goes on talking about how that that is not right. I, I think you can see from the other writings and from the other things that Peter made this right. That he was man enough and he was strong enough to stand up and go, Paul, you're right. You're right. And I want to apologize to everybody here. And... uh circumcision group I don't care what you think I'm eating with Gentiles tomorrow and this is not right and i let you influence me and I'm not going to do it again I am not led by fear I'm not led by fear of what people might say what people might do what people might think I am led by the spirit of God the spirit of peace That peace, hallelujah, decides with finality. It is the decision maker in my heart. If I don't have that peace, I don't go that way. One thing we don't do is let fear lead us around by the nose. Don't let this be too simple for you tonight. Saints, how many think this is significant? This is really important and it's easy to do. We've seen how even very spiritual people, can get off track and start following the fear we don't have to and what you do when you refuse to follow the fear you refuse to give the devil access that he's trying to get to your life we saw last week how that people like Simeon and Anna they wound up at exactly the right place at exactly the right time I mean the very hour the very minute That they needed to walk in, they did. They were at the right place at the right time because they were led by the Spirit. Did you know what the enemy's trying to do with you and I every day? He's trying to get us at the wrong place. At the wrong time. Hmm? He's trying to get you at the intersection where the drunk driver comes flying through at 100 miles an hour. Exactly when he comes through. He's trying to get you somewhere where somebody's firing a bullet so it can come through your car. He's trying to get you in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just like there are divine setups, there are devilish setups. But he can't make you or I do anything. All he can do is try to lead you so that you'll take this step and you'll do this and you'll go here and you'll go there and he can get you at the wrong place. At the wrong time. So he can do what he's got planned. The only way he can do that. Is to get you to follow a fear. Be led by your temper. Be led by override. And ignore the leadings of the Lord. And be led by these other things. If you're led by the spirit of God. You won't even know it. I won't even know it many times. But the spirit will start to do something. And the Lord will check us. No I don't do that. Why not? I don't know. I just got to check about doing that today. Go in there. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm not going to do it today. And you won't know it. And you may never know it in this life. But you just missed a problem. You just missed a devilish setup. And instead of being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You keep following that peace. You keep following that leading. You keep following that witness. And you just keep on winding up at the right place. At the right time. Again and again and again. You just happen to show up and they just happen to be there and they just happen to want to give you something or give you a deal or you just happen to be there and you had something that they needed and you could minister to them. Divine setups. Amen. But you got to follow him to wind up at those intersections. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries.